It's Masters Week, and it's the Cam Rogers Show on ESPN New Hampshire. It's the Cam Rogers Show with Cam Rogers. I know more than you. Every Saturday evening on ESPN New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. I am the greatest. And welcome into the Cam Rogers Show. I am Cam Rogers. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to tune in. Remember, you can check out all the latest content at the ESPN NH SoundCloud account. And it's Masters Week, folks. It's a full Masters preview, the 81st edition of this tournament, commencing tomorrow at 8 a.m. Daniel Summerhays and Russell Henley will start things off in the earliest tee time in round one. So many storylines. you got the weather, Dustin Johnson, Tiger Woods, Fuzzy Zeller, 1979. Will a first-time player win this event? So a lot to get to in this edition of the Cam Rogers Show. So many storylines. We're going to start off with the weather. Showers on Monday and some showers today. So you have suspended play on the practice rounds as well as the par three contest. So a lot of players not getting those last minute reps in today. So the next golf we'll see. It's real competitive golf tomorrow. And you look at the weather, the course is going to be soaked tomorrow morning, and winds will be a factor tomorrow and Friday as well. Gusts up to 40 miles an hour tomorrow, especially in the afternoon. So you would think the Thursday a.m. groupings have a nice little advantage to get a head start in the scoring department versus the later window, the likes of Rory McIlroy, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, all those folks will be playing in the later tee time. So perhaps more advantage for the early guys. Going into the weekend, though, the storyline is beautiful weather. So I think, you know, the first two days we're going to play Jim Cantori of the Weather Channel, as Mike Tirico put it on Golf Channel earlier today. And then the weekend comes by and it's all competition. It's all heart. It's all skill. We can put the weather to rest. But for these first two days, especially if you are compiling a fantasy lineup, speaking of fantasy, we're going to have Rob Bolton on the program later in the show. I chatted with him, and we'll play that interview. He's the Fantasy Golf Insider at PJTour.com. But from a fantasy perspective, you need to give these first two rounds some serious thought, folks, especially looking at these early players on Thursday, Adam Scott, Louis Oosthuizen, Justin Rose, Brant Snedeker, Phil Mickelson, Spieth Fowler. All these guys are going to have a significant advantage. So you want to play a healthy amount of these guys, at least I feel, when you are putting in and creating and crafting your fantasy lineups this week. Storyline number two, Dustin Johnson. The guy is absolutely on fire. Number one in the world. Can he keep it up? Is regression possible this week at the Masters? His record, not decorated, but he does have a couple of top tens to his resume. And he is absolutely stellar in every statistical category. Even his putting is working out so far this year. That's why he's number one in the world right now, and he's the guy to beat. And I argued on ESPN Seattle on my appearance there which I put up on my Twitter, at MrRogers99, that because Dustin Johnson will be taking all the storylines, Rory McIlroy, 
Jordan Spieth, Jason Day. These guys are thankful because they're not getting the attention. In a sense, they're flying under the radar the best that they can. Because, of course, they're still superstars. They're going to get some storylines. But at the end of the day, Dustin Johnson's going to be that guy. He's point A. Everybody's looking at him. Three wins in his last three tournaments. Can he make it four? Can he capture his first green jacket? Well, we'll see. Dustin Johnson, of course, taking all of the attention. And, well, another guy off the course is as well. Tiger Woods. He announced last Friday that he will not play at the Masters, and it's interesting because, you know, Tiger has been working hard. He told Michael Strahan on Good Morning America that he is trying his very hardest to make it to Augusta. We know how badly he wanted to play this week. He is a pure competitor. It's who he is. It's in his blood. And Mark O'Mara said that Tiger just does not look very good right now. And he was at the Champions Dinner with Woods on Tuesday night and just said that it's a rough process for him right now. Folks, the back is a very delicate part of your body. You can throw it out by lifting a heavy box. That's how it goes sometimes for folks. Even I've done it at age 20. A couple years ago, I threw out my back. Well, probably not to the extent that you see on the movies and stuff like that, but I digress. The golf swing is not a normal human motion. I said this many times on the Cam Rogers show. And when you swing as violently as Tiger does, you're going to sustain injuries. And I will continue to argue that Tiger needs to adjust his swing. But that's another topic for another day. Tiger Woods will not be at the Masters. The last time we saw Tiger at Augusta was 2015 when he finished T-17. And let me say this from a fan perspective I miss Tiger. I want him to be at Augusta. He adds so much to the tournament. And so we wish Tiger the best, everybody here at the Cam Rogers Show. We'll see what happens going forward. I just don't know if we're going to see him at all this year, folks. Reading Marco Mera's comments, a dear friend of Tiger's, saying that he does not look good right now, very candid comment, concerns me. And so I don't know if Tiger's going to play at all this year. I know he wants to. I want him to. But Tiger Woods, one of the greatest to ever do it. Not a storyline, at least inside the ropes, this week at the Masters. How about Jordan Spieth? First place, second place, and second place, respectively, in his three career appearances. So Jordan Spieth, perhaps a perennial horse for the course here at Augusta National. I will argue that you know he's coming in with just okay form. Early exit at the WGC match play. And he does have a win to his credit this year, so he can kind of hang his hat on that. But not playing in elite form by any stretch of the imagination. However, he's going to get a lot of attention because of his master's record here. Finished T12 at the WGC Mexico, T22 at the Genesis, and he missed the cut last week at the Shell Houston Open. And despite being 117th in strokes gained off the tee, he's fifth in proximity. Proximity means a lot here at Augusta National. Accuracy off the tee? Eh, not so much. So perhaps the stats are in line for Jordan Spieth to make another run of things, but you have to think to that collapse last year at the 12th hole, Amen Corner. Things happen in Amen Corner. They did for Jordan Spieth and not for the better, for the very worst. 
and that allowed Danny Willett to capture his first major championship victory. And so Jordan Spieth, from a fantasy perspective, I am laying off him. I think he's going to get too much attention. I think he is subject to regression to the mean, if you will. Something we saw with Hideki Matsuyama recently. You know, he racked up all these wins at the early point of the season, the 2016-2017 wraparound season. And of late, he's been playing pretty poorly. Now, people are going to look at his stats, Hideki Matsuyama's, and say they all pile up pretty well for the Masters. But you have to remember, they're a little inflated. And I say for the better, they're a little higher up because of his wins earlier this year. So we have to take his stats with a grain of salt right now. But for Jordan Spieth, certainly going to take some storylines. How about Rory McIlroy? Going for the career Grand Slam. Could he do it before Phil Mickelson? Boy, is that a weird thought. That just popped into my head. Rory McIlroy could get the career Grand Slam before Phil. And Phil Mickelson has plenty of green jackets. He's still searching for that U.S. Open win. He's always a storyline before our nation's championship. And McIlroy is certainly a guy we have to look at ahead of the Masters this year especially with the soggy fairways that we're going to see. Now, I don't know if they're going to dry up in time for McElroy's tee time, but because the fairways are going to be pretty wet, usually favors players who hit the ball a little farther. That's just kind of general convention, if you will. And so Rory McIlroy fits very well in terms of statistics. So good tee to green. His putting yeah, it can get hot. See, putting is so fickle in golf. You can be ranked 200th in the world in putting. And you show up one week and you play well. This is the way it is. Putting is very fickle. You can have a hot putter at any point in the season. Charles Schwartzel comes to mind at the 2011 Masters when he was just draining, draining, and draining birdies at the end of his Sunday afternoon round. So Rory McIlroy, a guy we have to watch. Now, some Masters trends, some interesting little nuggets here about this tournament and winners of late. Eight of the last ten have been ranked inside the world's top 30. So if you're looking for a winner, look inside the top 30 in the world golf rankings. Safe bet. Ten of the last ten winners had played in at least one Masters. Remember, 1979, Fuzzy Zeller. Last time... A first-timer has done it. Ten of the last ten winners had posted a top 38 at Augusta. So if you have missed a cut in your only appearance, it doesn't bode well for you to win this week at the Masters. Ten of the last ten winners, a lot of these ten out of the tens here, had made the cut at Augusta the previous year. So again, you know, if you missed a cut in your last appearance, your most recent appearance, Again, does not bode well for you. And how about this? Ten of the last ten winners were under age 40. So, Mr. Phil Mickelson, are you going to buck that trend, if you will? Because he's 46 years old, and if Phil Mickelson wins the Masters on Sunday, he will be the oldest to ever do it, beating out Jack Nicklaus from that 1986 majestic run that he had here among the Georgia Pines and the Azaleas at Augusta National. But how about some statistics? 
you have strokes gained, approach to the green. You have par 5 birdie or better percentage. And strokes gained around the green. Those are the things that I'm looking at. Are you a good ball striker? And if you miss the green, are you good at scrambling and saving par? Hence the strokes gained approach and the strokes gained around the green. And finally, par 5 scoring. Birdie or better percentage to be more precise. There are four par 5s at Augusta National. The winners typically perform very well on these par 5s. Jordan Spieth did it a couple of years ago. Bubba Watson did it in his two Masters victories. So if you can take advantage of the par 5s and turn them into quote-unquote par 4s, if you will, you are in good position. Now, you have to couple that with good scrambling on the par 4s and the par 3s. Here's the deal with Augusta National, folks. It ranked number one last year in par 3 scoring. It ranked quite difficult in par 4 scoring last year as well. And so par 5s, they ranked 14th most difficult. So if you're going to take advantage of Augusta, it's got to be on those par 5s. Now, what statistics fit good performance on par 5s? Good distance off the tee? And your approaches, your second shots. Are you smart with your second shots on par fives? You mean you don't have to be a bomber per se. Zach Johnson did it in 2007 with his wedge, getting birdies on par fives. So who fits in those statistical categories? Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, but remember what I said earlier about him. Justin Thomas, Sergio Garcia. Brendan Steele, a sneaky play this week, folks. He's in my DraftKings lineup. Give him a look. And Justin Rose. And Justin Rose is getting it done in many, many statistical categories, not just approaching the green, not just off the tee. His putting is pretty darn good, too. He's almost a lower-end Dustin Johnson because of how well he is playing, because of his steadiness. And his master's history is pretty darn good, too. So those are some guys that I'm looking at in terms of statistical fits. And speaking of stats, we're going to get to Rob Bolton, fantasy insider for PGATour.com. Let's get to that interview right here on The Cam Rogers Show. Joining me on The Cam Rogers Show is PGATour.com fantasy insider Rob Bolton. Rob posts weekly content from power rankings to sleeper picks to get your fantasy golf lineups set. Rob, great to have you on the program today. Cam, it's my pleasure to speak with you again. Good to hear your voice, and happy Masters Week, man. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. Let's talk general strategy here, Rob. The Masters is unique in that... I feel you can put more stock in course history than other tournaments since the venue is the same. How much emphasis do you put on Augusta National course history? Oh uh, yeah, that's that's really the uh, the number one step when when you're thinking about the Masters. Um, it every year I write a power rankings for every tournament, you know, for BGATour.com, and, and a lot of times uh, uh, I. I you know, I, I think the, the angles are the same, and I just kind of have to write it a different way. I mean, obviously, there's more to it than just that. But with the Masters, <laughs> you can kind of write it almost the same way every year, and it's, uh, it's, it, it would pretty much be uh, applicable and, and relevant and topical and accurate and current. Um, so uh, that's 
one of the challenges from from the writing standpoint. But uh, it's so uh, true. It's uh, it, it's it's straightforward, and you know, all the participants except for Tiger Woods is is in the field. All the qualifiers, rather, uh, none of them skip it. Of course, um, they know what to expect if they've been here before. That's the beauty of the tournament. It's the most insular tournament on the on uh, on the face of the planet in terms of uh, the organizing committee giving the players everything they need, uh, the privacy that uh, uh, that they've always wanted, and it's a major. Oh, by the way, right? So uh, all, you know, all the needles are pinned. Um, the expectations are at their highest. Uh, it's, the, it's the greatest meeting between what the body can do and, and what the mind wants it to do because everything is, everything is at stake. There's everything to gain. And then when you get down to the back uh, or the second nine on Sunday, uh, then it comes down to uh, you know can can the heart and the mind uh, you know keep the body moving forward, making the right uh, making the right decisions and executing. Um, and we've seen it time and again on this course, so it's very easy from a fantasy perspective. And I use that term easy loosely because there's nothing easy about playing golf, and it's even harder to play fantasy golf. Um, but uh, from from a course history standpoint, it matters most at Augusta National. Well, you're talking about the difficulty of fantasy golf. I'm going nuts right now, Rob, because weather is a huge storyline so far. And you just heard a couple of moments ago that they suspended play for the rest of Wednesday. So you have rain rolling through today and heavy winds for round one. Are you looking at this Thursday, early Friday, late window as perhaps that lucky draw because you have the receptive greens in the morning tomorrow and relatively calmer winds compared to later Thursday afternoon? Um, sort of. Uh, it, it, from, a, from a purely professional workplace standpoint, I really don't sort of uh, hang my visor on the weather until later on Wednesday. And as we're recording this midday, uh, it's um, it's a little too early for that. However, uh, because especially when it comes down to the wind and forecasting the wind, um, uh, forecasts are much better than they were so even just a few years ago in terms of the wind. So we haven't been burned as often. Um, but even from that standpoint, I do take a day-to-day. Uh, yes, Thursday morning, uh, the, the guys going out uh, earlier will have, a, a, I mean, a slight benefit, uh, you know, if you really wanted to split hairs. But it's still going to blow, and the wind's, wind's still going to blow. And uh, and then it's going to blow again on Friday uh, in the morning and, and in the afternoon. So we, might, we may have a situation where it'll even out. Uh, certainly that's what everyone would want, uh, I think, going into the tournament. Uh, but uh, it will behoove everybody in the morning on Thursday to get off to a good start because, uh, if, if if they don't, then Friday will become even more difficult. And absolutely one of the major storylines for the Masters always is can you get off to a quick start because it's tough to come back. Let's talk about statistics here, Rob. Many argue strokes gained approach and strokes gained around the green are important categories to focus on. What stats are you looking at to prepare your lineups? Well, again, uh, just like uh, uh, just like we opened here, um, you know, we know what to expect on this golf course. You can spray it off the tee at Augusta National and still score. Uh, I mean, Jordan Spieth is is, is not going to you know host any clinics on how to stripe a golf ball off the tee. Yet he's gone two one two, could have been two one one as we know um, hmm. uh, in this tournament. He's already fourth in all time earnings in the Masters in just three appearances. 
Uh, granted, you know, purses are, are greater than they were years ago, but you, you understand the point. I mean, this is this is his this is his jam, as the kids say. Cam. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Man. This is his jam, and he loves this place like everybody. But uh, it really fits his game because there's no interme- intermediate rough. You know, you you can you can send it through the fairway a bit, and you know, hitting out of the pine straw is one thing, but you're not hitting it out of thick rough, and you still have an opportunity to to get creative and and be imaginative, and that's what this course really uh, embraces. And uh, so, uh, from 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 off the tee, it really doesn't matter. Length is certainly helpful. A shot shape right to left on about half the holes is is certainly helpful, but uh, it's not uh, exclusive to to uh, winning this tournament. Uh, Fred Couples, Jack Nicklaus, and others have won this tournament without necessarily hitting a, a right-handed draw so i think that gets a little overplayed even though the statistics will benefit it it's not uh it's not an airtight situation then we get down to nitty-gritty hitting greens in regulation and, and avoiding three putts i mean it sounds simple uh you, you, it could apply every single week but it's deadly necessary at augusta national you have to hit these greens in regulation they could stem when it's dry as high as 13 or higher they do not measure it uh, publicly uh that's that's the way it goes at augusta national uh, so that, but but anybody who's played there before, and certainly first timers who have practiced, they know how how tricky the greens can be. Finding the right um, the right level on the greens, uh, they're so undulating. So you know, precision and accuracy, on a distance control and accuracy on approaches is probably the most important. And then just being able to to roll in the putts. That's why you see great putters contend and win often. But it's really the guy, the aerial artists that uh, that deserve the most attention from a fantasy standpoint. Talking with PGATour.com fantasy insider Rob Bolton here on the Cam Rogers Show. Rob, Dustin Johnson, hottest player in the world right now. Rolling with three straight victories. He's going to certainly be the highest owned player in any format, I feel. Is his stock too high for you to invest? And the argument would be perhaps a little regression to the mean here at the Masters. Well, uh, again, it depends on your format. I would say that uh, you are, you know, it's an embarrassment, embarrassment of riches when it comes to investments at, at, at the Masters. So uh, you can lean back on his on his history on this course, and it has not been sort of as, it's it just hasn't been as impressive as anything else he's done, certainly in recent memory or on other courses where you know if you're limited on stars from a fantasy perspective, you're going to want to invest at those times. Uh, however. You know, given the, given his recent form, uh, I wouldn't talk anybody out of you know riding it to uh, to another win, perhaps at, at Augusta National. He he, but he sets up sort of as a contrarian, despite the fact that he's won three times in a row, just because course history matters so much. So um, I would say that uh, yes, uh, in in one in one sense, he he would be too much, depending on your philosophy. But on the other. Uh, if you want to try to keep it really simple and develop, you know, a team around him, he would make all the sense in the world because, as you said, he is the hottest golfer on the planet. No one, no one to beat him in his last three starts. So it doesn't get any better than that, obviously. And Dustin Johnson playing in the late, late tee time. In fact, the last one on Thursday. Rob, let's talk about Phil Mickelson. He arrives on decent form, but you know what? With Phil, you can throw the stats out the window. You can throw the form out the window because when he rolls down Magnolia Lane, things change. Do you see the 46-year-old Mickelson as a good play this week? I do. Uh, I know a lot of people are focusing on the fact that he hasn't won a tournament since the uh, 13 Open. Uh, I really don't care about that. I mean, there's only one winner every week, and you can still win a fantasy league uh, weekly uh, event, a segment event, uh, 
uh, even a season event without winning any tournaments. It's, it would be harder in the long term, of course, but uh, you can still succeed and and um, and win prizes this week without Mickelson winning the Masters. So uh, I'm not going to dismiss him for that. Obviously, that's a fantasy centric perspective, and I think it's but it's relevant. Um, and you're right. You know, this is uh, this is a special place for him. He's called it the you know favorite place on earth. Uh, he wouldn't be alone in that sentiment, of course. Uh, now, you know, he's climbing up on 47 years of age in three months. And if he happens to win this week, he'll be the oldest, you know, Masters champion. Nicholas was just over 46 in uh, a couple months, I guess it was, back in uh, 1986. And here Mickelson is uh, creeping up on 47. It gives you some, I love that uh, sort of perspective because for the younger generation who, you know, has no recollection, wasn't even alive when, when Nicholas won in 86, you get a sense for how old Nicholas was then right. uh, with Mickelson today. And I love that because, you know, Woods is on the shelf and, and the younger generation hasn't seen as much of him as, as they wanted, uh, whereas Mickelson is still not pe- not at the peak of his career, but he's still playing well enough to contend, and he's going to be dangerous. And he's high in my power rankings. I think I have him sixth or something like that. So uh, I'm, I'm obviously on board, and especially at Augusta National. He, it, it, it makes all the sense in the world to make room for him in any lineup that you have. You mentioned Jordan Spieth earlier. He knows nothing about finishing outside second at the Masters. He has just a phenomenal record so far in his history at Augusta. What are your thoughts on Jordan Spieth? Of course, he doesn't have the driving distance, but he's rock solid in many other statistics. And, you know, he could be the ultimate horse for course in the Masters of recent memory. So what do you think about Jordan Spieth this week? Yeah, a couple things when it comes to Spieth at Augusta National. As I mentioned earlier, you know he has the imagination, and uh, that's arguably the most important uh, component to any skill set to succeed. And he's proven that obviously uh, in the one and done uh, column that uh, publishes on Wednesdays at PJTour.com. Cam, uh, he is my pick. I'm I'm all in on Spieth at the Masters, and it's it obviously you know sort of he's number one at number one chalk uh, on the board as long as he's available to you. He's seen it, and he's done it all already at the Masters. Uh, he's, uh, he has the record 28 birdies two years ago when he won. Uh, he experienced a heartbreak last year trying to win in conditions similar to this week, although last year's conditions uh, lasted the entire tournament, whereas this week it's, it's just going to be the first two days, so scoring is going to be rough. But listen, when you, when you think of Jordan Spieth, if you wanted to play word association, uh, and just in the terms of the trajectory of the arc of his career, the word is scorer. Mm. Uh, again, he, he's not accurate off the tee, but he figures out a way to get the ball in the hole, and he doesn't have the kind of memory that would get in the way of of, of, of you know being as good as his next shot. That's the beautiful thing about it. He just plays golf. And this course, I mean, if, if there, there's so many that have been great, especially recent recently in the PGA Tour, uh, courses that are just wonderful to play. Austin Country Club comes immediately to mind. The new club, the new course they saw down in Mexico, another really fun track. These are guys that, you know, this is what they do for the profession. And they want to have fun while they're doing it, while you know, making a couple dollars and putting FedEx Cup points on the board. I mean, these, these courses, man, these are, these are so much fun to play. And Augusta National is right at the top of the list. You know, four par fives. You, you, we've seen what's happened in recent years, well, throughout the history, really, of the course, last 20 years, certainly. Um, on what happens on the second nine, uh, especially on Sunday with the pin, the whole locations where you expect them to be. Guys guys know that in advance they can plan for that. And uh, and then it just comes down to execution and, and you know, sort of bottling the nerves. Um, Spieth checks all of those boxes. 
So uh, expectations are sky high. And you look at the uh, favorites, you think Dustin Johnson 1A and then perhaps Jordan Spieth 1B there, Rob. Finally here, let's look at some dark horses, some sleepers. That's what all of the fantasy gamers are certainly going to focus on. They want to find those guys, the diamonds in the roughs, if you will. What are your names that you're looking at in terms of some sleepers, some dark horses that people should really zone in on? This is a special year for that specific uh, angle, Cam, because we have 20 first-timers in the field, and that includes John Rahm, mm. who by no means is a sleeper. But when you consider the context of first-timers and the value, of course, experience uh, at uh, the Masters, uh, you can win an argument by stating that every first-timer is a sleeper, despite world ranking, despite recent form. Now, Rahm is in my power rankings for all of the reasons that everyone knows. Terrell, uh, Terrell Hatton, pardon me, is also in the power rankings, a wonderful putter from England, uh, sort of an emotional sort who polarizes fans, but I love that about him. Gamers love that about him, that tenacity. He's also in the power rankings as a first-timer. Uh, those are the two guys I would say that, you know, depending on your perspective on who qualifies as a sleeper, uh, those two would be at the top. Now, for me, sleepers eliminate all of the top 50 in the official world golf ranking. You know, I need to dig deeper given what I do and, and where I, where my byline is. So uh, a couple of guys that are on my list this week, uh, Johnny Vegas, uh, it's his second appearance, but first in a number of years, his, his life has been in a wonderful place since he's gotten married and had a child over the last several years. Uh, and his form is tremendous. Uh, T.D. Green, he's one of the best and he has some experience, which does, which doesn't hurt at Augusta national. And then another first-timer who's a winner at the Career Builder Challenge earlier this year, University of Georgia product, Hudson Swafford. He's 29 years old. Now, um, you know, there's, I'm 46, and I've been watching Swafford on the agate and the leaderboards in college for 10 years plus, and he's finally making his debut at the Masters. We, this is one of those things that we figured he'd be there, like when McElroy was there, when Spieth was there, and all right. these other guys. He'd be in that category so from that perspective he is underachieved uh for my expectations but he's obviously here he's a winner now on the pga tour he's going to win again i wouldn't be surprised if he hangs up another one or two this season because once once guys of that ilk when you have that pedigree once you figure it out you get back there pretty quickly uh look out for him this week he's the first time the only weakness is his experience but he has every other uh, element of success necessary, every other element that would yield success at Augusta National necessary in that bag of his. And length is certainly one of them. I look forward to seeing what he can do to this week. Rob Bolton, the PJTour.com, everybody. Check out his content and follow him on Twitter at Rob Bolton Golf. Rob, appreciate the time. Good to talk to you again. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Hey, man, I'm always willing to talk some fantasy golf. Uh, again, pleasure speaking with you. All the best, and we'll, we'll talk again down the road. Take care, Cam. And many thanks to Rob Bolton for coming on the program. Just as a tangent, he was on my show on ESPN New Hampshire way back summer of 2013, going into freshman year at the University of Maryland, and now having him back here on the show as a senior. Really cool moment, and really appreciate his work, so Definitely check him out, folks, at PJTour.com for all your big storylines surrounding fantasy golf and all of the tournaments on the PGA Tour season. Now, I'm going to reveal my pick 
for the 81st Masters Tournament, folks. Phil Mickelson will be the oldest player to ever capture a green jacket. He will win the Masters Tournament come Sunday afternoon. Throw the stats out the window. Throw his form out the window. When he arrives at Augusta, things change. Things get magical. And I'm getting very dramatic right now. And that's what I do here at ESPN New Hampshire. Number one in strokes gained around the green, but I'm not even going to look at that. Phil Mickelson has never missed consecutive cuts at the Masters. He missed the cut last year. So he's going to make the cut. And when he makes the cut, he's dangerous. He knows this course better than any other potential contender here. Phil Mickelson. Watch out, folks. I'm calling it a three-stroke victory for Phil. And because of the weather in the first two days, I'm going to say seven under will win the Masters Tournament. So Phil at seven under ahead of the other players by three. There you have it. Thanks so much for joining the Cam Rogers Show here on ESPN New Hampshire. Enjoy the Masters, ladies and gentlemen. It's quite a tournament, and for many of you, it's the only golf you'll watch this year. Take it in. All four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's going to be a good one. A lot of drama. I can sense it. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Take care, everybody.